What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE. Big dogs gotta eat fantasy football. I am glad that you are starting your week off with me. Monday morning, we are ripping off the last and the third band-aid of the episodical, extreme, elite piece of content that we call the must-own running back series for 2020 fantasy football. Two weeks ago, we went rounds one through three. Last Monday, we went rounds four through six. Today, we'll be doing rounds four. No, we will not. We will be doing rounds seven through nine. We did the same thing with wide receivers on Tuesday. So every Monday, every Tuesday, we're slapping these like some cheeks, bike the bike. It's early in the morning, but it's not Sunday, so I don't have a story for you. Although I am going out later today, so maybe you, you will get the second half of that hangover story from last week. I didn't realize in, in the moment, in the moment, I really thought that like what I was saying was making no sense and I was spiraling down a hole. And then when I saw the comments on the video, I realized that you guys like really wanted to know what happened for the rest of the day. And listen, I like to vlog and I like to put myself out there. But even that point, I just there's 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 a line I don't want to cross for my own for my own safety and security and livelihood. I want to say that was the must own wide receiver video from rounds four through six. For those of y'all that have no idea what I'm talking about. Also, the giveaway for the draft now fantasy dot com draft boards was pinned to the comment section of that video so if you entered to be into the giveaway and you don't know whether or not you won the winners are pinned in the comment section of the must own wide receivers rounds four through six i am ready to break down thy numbers for y'all and since y'all are here watching listening subscribing hitting the thumbs up button y'all are ready for me to do so let's tuck our shirts in let's lower the volume and stop yelling let's eat As we head into round seven of the drafts, we probably have most of our roster filled out, or at least the guys that we're excited about, the core of our team. And now we're getting to the spot in the draft where we're having to decide between upside, do we want more depth at the running back position? Do we want floor? Do we want to grab our first tight end? I would say round six, seven, eight is probably a really good spot to target your third or fourth running back. I think it makes a lot of sense here to dip into the round seven pool you literally have no choice except for one but he would have been the choice regardless as you see ronald jones is sitting there at a pretty 79 as the running back 30 off the board i believe he will continue to shoot up draft boards as the hype from tampa bay continues to pour out about this man but as of right now as per adp from cbs espn ffpc which is high stakes bb10s nfl yahoo which is all compiled by four for four completely free to use i will link this adp source in the description so y'all can go check it out for your own as of right now ronald jones is sitting there at 79 and as you can actually see by the adps basically all the regular sites have him around 75 to 80 and FFPC, which is the high stakes leagues, the people who are a little bit sharper, the people who pay big money to draft earlier on in the offseason, have them all the way up at 60. So if you're in a very competitive league, expect him to go further up in the draft. If you're in a family, home, friends league or whatever, this is where you look and you take the discrepancies between the high stakes league, guys who have been following along the trends all offseason and all summer, 
and you look at the difference between where he's going in the FFPC all the way up at 60. That is a big, that's a massive difference between where he's going in these other Yahoo type leagues. So it tells you there's some value to be squeezed out of Mr. Ronald Jones there. So I think the best thing to do when it comes to Ronald Jones is paint the picture because he's a, he's absolutely a polarizing player this year. There are a lot of guys who just hate him. They think that after the rookie year, his talent levels were blemished and there's nothing you could do to become a good running back again. There's guys that liked him coming out of college. I was not one of them. I was never really on him as a prospect. And those guys are still kind of hanging on for hope. And there are guys who have converted and are now a part of the Ronald Jones religious experience. And that is myself. At the end of the day, we're just trying to paint you a picture of what's happened. We're, the, we're artists. We're the Picassos of the fantasy football history books right now. And we're going to take Mr. Ronald McDonald Jones and tell you the backstory of everything. So Ronald Jones came out of USC after experiencing three straight 1,000 yards from scrimmage seasons. As a freshman, over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. As a sophomore, 1,150 yards from scrimmage, 13 touchdowns. As a junior, when he became the man on campus, he had 275 touches, 1,737 yards from scrimmage, 20 touchdowns. That's improvement year in, year out. Ronald Jones gets drafted in 2017, very early in the second round. It's very important to note, one, that he was the youngest running back prospect, the youngest running back picked in that class. He was the youngest of the entire group. He was like 20 years old when they picked him. Couldn't even fucking drink a drink. He's coming out of USC. When you're as talented as an NFL type running back, you rely a lot on your raw skills and your athleticism and your game-breaking speed, which is what Ronald Jones was expected to have. Apparently, he like, pulled his hamstring before the combine, ran a 4-5-3, which is not terrible. It's not great given his size, although he has bulked up since. Point being, when you're a superstar at USC, you're in college, you're 20 years old, you're living your life, you're parting your fucking face off, and nobody could tell you shit. Now, he comes over to Tampa Bay, still as a 20-year-old kid, and there were reports and rumors all offseason, all summer, that he was not in good shape. He was out partying. I remember there was like segments on podcasts about him fucking eating cheeseburgers left and right every Saturday night. He was at the club. Bottle service, burger service. Jones was enjoying the services, okay? So his rookie year was an absolute wash. Did did almost nothing, got very, very few touches, and it was bad. And I think we can attribute that to the fact that he moves from USC, where his life was incredible. He was partying. He was the big man on campus. He goes down to Tampa Bay, still as a 20-year-old kid. He's not, he's not ready for the NFL lifestyle. Like, who at 20 years old can put that burden on their back? And I know this is a weird way for me to put it. I usually don't go down these weird, like, fucking political, anti-blah-blah-blah rabbit holes. But I really think this was the case. And he realized that coming out of USC after his first rookie season that like just pure talent and not working hard was not going to be enough to cut it in the NFL. And I think he changed things coming into his sophomore year because last year he was legitimately very good at football. Looked like a completely different player. You watch him play last year and on the limited snaps that he got, he was making these chunk plays, right? He would break these tackles or fucking pull off a spin move or stiff arm a guy into the ground, make an explosive play on a catch. And you watch it like your first start and you're saying, wow, that was a nice play by Ronald Jones. But, you know, everyone has a couple good plays. Everyone has those Twitter highlights that we like to share, et cetera, et cetera. And that just kept happening over and over and over again. And you're like, OK, maybe Ronald Jones actually was good at football last year. And maybe now that he's a little bit older, now that he understands he needs to work hard in the offseason, now that he needs to stay in shape, he's a different player. He's a different guy and he's taking his craft more seriously. One of the weaknesses coming into the NFL was the question of whether or not he could be a three down back, right? Because he didn't see a lot of receiving work in college, just a 4.3% college target share, which is in the 18th percentile. 
going back to his college stats again, never had a season with more than 14 receptions. So that is a big problem. What you do notice, though, is in that last season at USC, when he had the 14 receptions, he racks up 187 yards on those receptions. So 13.4 yards per reception. Now, what we start to see is you look at the numbers of last year when he was in the NFL and he started taking over that starting role. Ronald Jones ranked fifth in yards per target among all running backs with 35 or more targets. He ranked fourth in yards per reception. He ranked third in yards after catch per reception, only behind Austin Eckler and Dalvin Cook. Ronald Jones took his weakness and he turned it into a strength. He showed in that last year in college that he can be explosive on limited receptions. And then he did it like 30 receptions is not a huge number for a running back, but 30 receptions is still more than guys like Josh Jacobs got last year, than guys like Derrick Henry got last year. And those are guys who are going to rely heavily on their ground game, the rushing touchdowns, the rushing yards in order to supply fantasy points. Ronald Jones is going to be a light version of them this year. If he can catch 30 passes last year, there's no reason he can't pa- he can't catch 30, 35. You want to stretch it to 40 if he starts seeing real st- starter snaps this year and do good with him, man. Ten Over 10 yards per reception last year is nothing to just bat your eye at. And then you look from the running game, man. 30 running backs had over 140 carries last year. His PFF evaded tackles per attempt was six in the NFL. I'm telling you guys, there, there's a reason why he took that step up last year. And the only thing I could really say is he got his mind right. He's looking at the game differently and all reports coming out of camp and this is the big part man like they're just telling you over and over and over and over again this summer that he's going to be the guy bruce arians has come out 50 times already and saying that it's his job and everyone else is competing they're fighting for roles coach bruce arians said ronald jones is the main guy in the bucks backfield Arian says everyone else, LaShawn McCoy, Darian Gumbawale, Keyshawn Vaughn are fighting for roles. Vaughn remains on the COVID-19 list. I believe he is back from that by the time this has come out. He's falling behind even in the early stages of camp. Jones is going to be a guy who gets the majority of early down work. They're not giving it to Dare. They're not giving it to LaShawn McCoy, who is a shell of himself at this point. And you have Keyshawn Vaughn, who's like an exciting prospect, but like third round draft capital, guys, is, is, is a depth pick. It's not someone that you typically look at your team and you're like this is the guy that's going to be immediately slotted into the starter role we're like this is a guy who's going to compete for the starting role but like second first round draft capital is where you start drafting running backs in the draft in the real nfl draft that you say okay this guy's the future of the backfield of our team once you get to that third round range the fourth round range it's more oh we like this guy talent upside maybe he was a second round grade on our book or whatever but he's going to be competing for the starting role. And Keyshawn Vaughn, everything has gone against him this summer. He's not going to be, as a rookie, you're not going to be able to acclimate yourself into the offense. Like you, The running back battles in camp and training camp are so crucial to get the step up there. And the fact that they've had limited work, you know, you've seen Tampa and their team like working out with each other all summer. Tom Brady's getting together with these guys, but Keyshawn Vaughn's also been on the COVID list for like two weeks. So while he's off it now, that was two weeks that he missed trying to acclimate himself. So he is way behind the ball right now. I'd expect Keyshawn Vaughn to be very, very far out from competing for the starting role. So this is Ronald Jones's early down role. They're going to be rushing the ball a lot more, right? They did pass the ball a ton, obviously, because Jameis Winston kept putting them in a six hole hole, but they don't want to be that pass heavy in neutral game scripts they were middle of the pack in terms of run to pass ratio they want to be a team that's balanced and that balance is going to depend on ronald jones they'll have an increased offensive line an improved offensive line an improved defense an improved overall offense in terms of efficiency one that dictates itself being on the goal line often that is going to be ronald jones's job early down work goal line work and probably an underrated receiving ceiling 30 receptions last year I think is repeatable and if you're going to tell me we're getting 35 catches out of Ronald Jones plus 230 250 carries you're going to be very very excited with your seven round seventh round investment for Ronald Jones I could absolutely see him finish as a top 15 back this year in fantasy and I do want to I do want to what's do you say post face for the opposite of preface 
preface, post, postface. We're going to go with postface. I'm going to postface this. I love how people get so angry at me saying words now, like scarcity. Um, when I was saying mostert, like, isn't it not mostert? Is it mostert? Raheem Mostert, listen, bitch, I'm French. We're going to postface this by saying, I don't think Ronald Jones is a great buy in Dynasty. I did scoop him in a couple of Dynasty leagues this offseason, but it's only because I expect instant production out of him at a pretty high level. This entire backfield could be wiped out by next summer. There's not anyone that I think is a absolute lock to be the guy for next year. I think Ronald Jones is great in redraft, but I'm not going out there and going crazy to get him in Dynasty leagues. There's a difference between the two. And if y'all want to know the difference, the best way to do that is by following these directions on the screen. Because in our draft guide, which is live right now, I know a lot of you guys are starting to tune in because now it's August and you're like, ah, I didn't know if the football season was going to happen. But we work very hard on our draft guide. And we have multiple draft guides this summer, which you can get all of them literally for $10 by going to monkeyknifefight.com. I'm going to read the directions for you. It's nice and simple because if you're listening via podcast, I also love you and I'm going to continue to kick flavor in your ear. Make sure you hit five-star rating and drop a review for your mans. Deposit $10 on Monkey Knife Fight or more, whatever you want to play with. When you use the promo code BDGE and you play a game of $2 on their site, one, you'll get to play with the, the $10. You'll get a free gameplay of $5 on their site. So you're getting all that. And then you're getting access to the season-long draft guide, the rookie dynasty draft guide, and then Dr. Morse's complete injury draft guide. So if you got questions about injured players going into the year, he's got full video, write-ups, ratings for how nervous we should be about the players. In the season-long draft guide, you not only got my rankings, PPR standard, half PPR, super flex, yada, yada, yada. You got my must-draft players, like we're doing in this video, for every position, running back, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, Y'all know the positions. This is fantasy fucking football. It ain't that complicated. But it's got like a thousand other things in there. The reviews of the draft guide are fantastic. And everyone who has bought it so far or has purchased the code through Monkey Knife Fight because they are sponsoring our draft guide this year. I really, 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 really appreciate the support. And this is the best way to support the brand, but not only give you the upper step in your fantasy league, it's $10. You're getting extra to play with on Monkey Knife Fight, which we're going to turn into more revenue when the season starts. And I can help pick some games for y'all, but you're getting the draft guides for free. So monkeyknifefight.com. I will put the link in the description as well as pinned in the comment section for you to go grab it. Use the promo code BDGE when you deposit 10, play a game on there of $2 or more, and I will get you email access within 24 24, 24 hours. Let's move on to round eight. Okay, so round eight, kind of gone back and forth on this because we're looking at the ADP here and we're seeing a few guys in round eight that I like. And I think it's going to depend on what your team makeup is at this point. So we have J.K. Dobbins up there at 86. We have James White at 90. Now, I think the way I would put this is, is this, right? Last video in the Must on Running Backs video, we talked deeply about DeAndre Swift and my love for him, my unsaturated affection for DeAndre Swift, the second round rookie running back out of Georgia, now in the Detroit Lions, about to smash the backfield. J.K. Dobbins, the lesser priced piece, I will look to target if I don't get DeAndre Swift. If you can't get D. Swift in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you can grab J.K. Dobbins for the most part in the eighth, ninth round. And that will be like the arbitrage play here. I think both of them have fantastic upside. I think one of them will probably hit. And when they do, they will give you the best RB3 in your fantasy league. They're both extreme talents. They're both extreme producers at college. They're both capable of handling three down workloads. Really good in the running game. Really good in the passing game. And are on offenses that are either really, really good, like J.K. Dobbins, who is on literally the highest scoring offense in the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens, or DeAndre Swift, who the Lions have an underrated offense. But Dobbins' concerns in my part, the reason that I think he's going two rounds 
lighter is because one, obviously Mark Ingram is there and Mark Ingram is probably going to, even if we see his role diminish, we're going to see him continue to get goal line carries because he is the thicker back and he was very good at doing it last year. So there's no reason to change that in Baltimore. We just don't see a lot of passing work for the Ravens bike field. I tweeted out some stuff. The combination of Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards last year caught fewer passes than it was like 20 different running backs in the NFL. So the combination of the entire running back group in Baltimore caught fewer passes than a ton of different running backs individually last year. Lamar Jackson just tends not to dump the ball off to his running backs, right? Maybe it's the system. Maybe it's just his athleticism and his first take is to run the ball. Obviously, when a quarterback runs the ball, you know, 150 times a year, that's going to be a lot less work in the receiving game for the backfield, right? Because it's their instincts take over. But on that counterpoint, we have James White in New England who will be playing with a quarterback sort of like Lamar Jackson in Cam Newton. And the way this offseason has gone, right? Like a, a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month ago, I put out a video, a bold prediction video about uh, the AFC, but I talked about Sony Michelle. I thought Sony Michelle was in store for a big year because all the Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Injury reports that we had heard that, oh, he was having a cleanup on his foot and that he was out of his walking boot and then he was in rehab and ready back for practice. Not the case. They go out and sign Lamar Miller. All the reports are like, it's not a lock that Sony Michelle is going to be ready for week one. By that point, when they say something like that, when we're this close to the season and we don't know if he's going to be ready for week one, I want my players healthy a week, two weeks before that starts. Sony Michelle's off my board. That is official. As much as I liked him leading up to it, guys, if you're listening to this, Sony Michelle should be off your board. Do not find injuries in fantasy football because they will find you, especially in a year like this when everyone has an equal chance to get COVID-19. 
anyone who has an injury risk on top of that is someone that should be off your board. Sonny Michelle meets that criteria, which means James White is going to, again, be a massive part of this offense. We talk about the athletic quarterbacks and how they don't tend to dump it off to their running backs. And the counterpoint that I've always received, the pushback on this that I've always received is that what about Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey? There you go. That's something I'm open to acknowledging that and using that information to transfer my ideas and thoughts. When we have seen it on the football field, that's really all I need to see. That's like what I mean with like Ronald Jones. When people are like, no, he's not good at football. It's like, okay, but we just saw him be really good at football last year. So he could do that again this year. That's in his range of outcomes. So the way that maybe Christian McCaffrey was talented enough that he just commands the fucking targets. And obviously that is the case. We know that now. But James White has been such a staple in this offense. And it's not like there's a new quarterback coming in. It's not like James White moved to a new system. This system lends itself to having James White be an incredible fixture in the offense. Now, I remember James White just two years ago was a top 10 running back when Sonny Michelle was hurt. It was Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkett. Neither of them could stay on the field. James White started seeing ridiculous numbers, ridiculous involvement in the offense. We could see something similar to that if we can't get healthy guys on the field, right? We have Sonny Michelle who's battling back from the foot. We have Lamar Miller who's, you know, probably 30. Well, how old is he right now? I'm about, I'm about to check for y'all. Lamar Miller's 29. He's getting out of his prime when it comes to running back stuff. He's coming off the ACL. I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't end up making the team. We have Damian Harris, who literally received four carries last year. So you should see an increased workload this year. But like, what the fuck does that mean? It can only go up from four carries, right? That being said, James White is going to be the most involved back in this backfield. And we had a report that just came out, I believe, about White from the Athletics' Jeff Howe. Howie? Ho? I don't know. This is anti-ho behavior with this report. Patriots running back James White will have a heavy role and could be in for a monster year if Cam Newton wins his team starting quarterback job. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that doesn't happen. Howie cites Newton's usage of Christian McCaffrey. I already did that. Averaging 54.2 receiving yards per game. Certainly, White won't see that much volume in the crowded backfield. But I still think he's in for a really, really good workload. And you know what's, it, what's, what's interesting about James White is he's like a floor play. But you almost never argue for a floor play when it comes to like pass catching backs, right? Anytime you hear floor play, you think of like David Montgomery because he's going to get 230 carries. You think of Jordan Howard. You think of floor plays groundwork. You don't really think of floor plays with receiving work. And that gives you so much more upside because targets and receptions are so much more valuable than just carries in fantasy football. I really like the idea of, of getting James White here in the eighth or ninth round and being just like a staple player that you could throw in and he's going to catch five to six balls. Again, if you're in PPR and he's dropping all the way down here, it's a fantastic draft pick. He's averaged, I think, what is it? Five, five. Yes, I'm using my sturdy TI-83 calculator. 5.1 receptions per game over the last two years that is a lot of catches for a running back so yeah James White seems like a smash play here but again I think I want one of these rookie running backs if I don't get Swift I'll grab Dobbins if I get Swift I might still grab Dobbins too but it might also depend on the other players right you don't want too many guys that you're depending on breaking out middle of the year a lot of these rookies even DeAndre Swift I don't know if he's going to come out and get 15 touches a game from week one week two but he will probably by week four or five you don't want four guys on your team, on your roster, on your bench that you're waiting for that second half breakout. You do need production now. So if you're drafting DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, probably not the best move when it comes to like game theory and roster construction in a hole, in a vacuum. OK, so James White might be the better pick because he'll come out and produce off the rip for you. So we've got round seven. We've got round eight. And then when it hits round nine, it's kind of like up for grabs, right? I don't think you should go by ADP at this point, although there are still some valuable players to be had here. So when you're drafting, 
If you're drafting in your home league, if you're drafting with your friends, if you're physically drafting together, one thing y'all got to do is head over to draftnowfantasy.com because they are hooking this shit up. They have a beautiful draft kit. If you don't get it for your league, you are significantly lowering the ceiling of the amount of fun that you're going to have on draft night. Okay, so they got this big ass board. I'm going to show it to y'all. Y'all really don't think I keep my shirt tucked in the entire video. Look at this. Look at it. It's beautiful, it's crispy, it's matte black, it's got 14 teams, 20 rounds, all the player stickers. They have a kit that you can get that has the board as well as a Lombardi trophy for the winner of your league and the Sage. You like that shit? I finally got it right for the first time in a video. They have the Sage that goes around your collarbone for the loser of your league that says, I suck at fantasy football. I thought it was good direct decoration for the headquarters. Good decoration because I suck at fantasy football. Y'all don't suck at fantasy football, so you're going to bring home the Lombardi trophy. On draftnowfantasy.com, the draft board kit is like 65 or $70. If you use the promo code BDGE when you grab it, you're going to get 10% off and free shipping, which means it's like $62, which means between 12 people, you're all throwing in $5 to get this kit, y'all. Get everyone in your league. If you're $50 buying, $100 buying, $105 buying, $55 buying, you got the draft board kit. You got a trophy this year. Don't be a shitty commissioner. Make sure you get it. Draftnowfantasy.com, promo code BDGE, round nine, where we at, doe. Okay, so looking at round nine, no, we do not want Jordan Howard. Phil Lindsay's interesting. I'm not going to draft him in round nine, but if he if he falls to the double-digit rounds, as much as I like Melvin Gordon, I do think Phil Lindsay is good enough at football that he will command to be in fantasy lineups at some point this year. I'm not predicting it, but again, guys, you always have to draft with a range of outcomes in mind. You don't just fade players for fading them. You don't just draft only certain players. You got to diversify the revenue. And a guy as talented as Philip Lindsay is a guy that you might want to have on one or two of your teams based on getting him in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. No Sony Michelle. There are two guys that I really, really like here though. It's Matt Breda and Tevin Coleman. I'll go through Tevin Coleman quick. I'm not drafting Raheem Mostert. I just have very, very little confidence in Raheem Mostert. We're going to come out week one and Tevin Coleman is going to be the starter. All of the big games that Mostert had, he was like forced into the role. And yes, he showed great, right? And I'm sure they're like excited to have him in that backfield capacity, knowing that they have another explosive, talented guy who can do a lot of things. He didn't catch a lot of balls. He didn't command a lot of targets, but he was good when he did get the ball. So like they're excited to have him, but guys, I don't think this is going to be a fantasy situation that you want any part of. Tevin Coleman, three, four rounds later in drafts as the guy who was the starter before he kept getting hurt. He also had a high ankle sprain, right? So we want to talk about why Alvin Kamara's year sucked, about why Saquon Barkley didn't get good until the end of the year. We have to do the same thing with Tevin Coleman, right? He was a very high draft pick last year because we thought he was going to take over the starting role. He ends up getting hurt. He comes back. He was the starter again. He gets hurt later on in the year, and that's when Raheem Mostert gets onto the field and has those big explosive games. But it's a very small sample size for Mostert. He's also 27, 28 years old, and he did nothing up until that point in his career. Not saying he can't be good, right? now but guys this is going to be a, a nightmare of a backfield there are going to be a lot of games where Tevin Coleman starts and he's the bigger back of all the guys in that backfield plus you're throwing Jarek McKinnon into the mix so that's more of an argument against Mostert and this is the best play against him in my opinion I don't actually don't hate Jarek McKinnon as like a later round guy like 14th 15th round if you want to just fade the top San Francisco running backs altogether. But Tevin Coleman's going to have his games. Tevin Coleman will have his multi-touchdown games. Tevin Coleman will have games where he carries the ball 15 to 18 times, operates as the primary back there. And we know Kyle Shanahan loves Tevin Coleman going back to his days in Atlanta, man. He's never going to get let this love go for Terry. Like think back to the divisional playoff game last year, just this previous year that they played against Minnesota. Tevin Coleman, 22 carries, 105 yards, 
two touchdowns. They want to feed him the ball. Like by all intents and purposes, Tevin Coleman last year, 137 carries, 554 ground yards, six touchdowns, 21 receptions, 180 receiving yards, 8.6 yards per reception, 4.0 yards per carry, all on the back of a of a bummed ankle, high ankle sprain. There are a lot of things that can go wrong. There were a lot of things that went wrong. There are a lot of things that can go right. It's just a messy situation overall. If we're going to take one running back in the ninth round, it might be Tevin Coleman, but it's more likely to be my man's Matt Breda. He's getting picked at the 103, at the 907, running back 39, and he will operate as the primary back in Miami. I have thought this way for a while. He is in the draft guide as one of my must-own running backs, and he has been there for a couple months now since his bad boy launch. But now we're starting to hear a lot of hype to back that up, and I'm super fucking excited about it because I've been grabbing him in a ton of best ball drafts. I've been grabbing him in Dynasty. All the beat reports coming out of Miami, one of them came out a couple days ago. It's a Dolphins running back coach. Eric Studsville said Jordan Howard's role hasn't been defined yet. So they're moving towards a more spread-based offense under Chan Gailey. Spread-based doesn't necessarily lend itself to a guy like Jordan Howard behind a below-average run-blocking line in an offense that's not going to score too much. This seems like a complete backfield split. So give me the guy who's more talented, the guy who's more explosive, and the guy who's going to get basically all the pass-catching work. We've seen a lot of times when Matt Breda can stay healthy how good he is on the field. In a limited role, every time they tried to shove him into an 18 carry roll in San Fran, he got hurt. Taking away those carries, right? The two yards up the middle, the four yards up the middle on the 36 yard line, take those away. And we're not going to see a lot of injury concerns out of Matt Breda. Matt Breda has reached the fastest speed by a ball carrier in each of the last two seasons. His explosion hasn't gone anywhere. Just give him the ball, give him a roll, and let him do his thing. And as Edwin Porras pointed out, I went onto his podcast yesterday, by the way, if you want to listen to that. I uploaded it on the Big Dogs podcast. So if you guys are only listening or watching via YouTube, there are some exclusive audio pieces that I only put on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe, BDGE Fantasy Football in the iTunes store. But Edwin talks about, again, another running back with a high ankle sprain. This is what happens. You get hurt and you start to fade away. If you have a high ankle sprain and you're competing with guys like Raheem Mostert, who's having a breakout, with guys like Jeffrey Wilson putting up four touchdown games and shit like that, you're going to have a hard time getting back to the lineup when you're at 60 or 70%. Matt Breda had the high ankle sprain last year. So you're talking about playing in an offense in Miami who won. They don't have a lot of playmakers because Preston Williams might be on the pup, might be far less than 100% to start the year. So you're looking at Parker and you're looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick as target funnels. You have Albert Wilson opting out. You have other guys opting out on the Miami Dolphins offense. And you have a team that's going to trail a lot. You have a team that is going to need to move the ball down the field. That's going to pass a lot, not have a lot of wins. And that's where Matt Breda comes into play. His role is going to be so much more valuable than Jordan Howard's role in this offense. And that's why I like him. He will round out the must own running back series. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, let me know in the comments section. Let me know what kind of videos you want to see for the remainder of the offseason because we have a little less than a month until kickoff. I'm going to finish up tomorrow's wide receiver must own videos at some point. But if you did enjoy these, if you got some informational value, hit the thumbs up. And if you did, if you did, I promise you, you will not be disappointed by the purchase of the. I'm trying so hard to like fucking put my finger perfectly so it curves. It's really hard to do. Oh, look at me. We done did it. Cop the draft guide, y'all. It's the best way to not only support the brand, but support yourself. It's almost a locked up chip. You want hardware in January? You want to win that trophy right there? You want to win that trophy? One, you got to buy it from draftnowfantasy.com. But two, you got to get the draft guide. You got to do it. It's $10 on Monkey Knife Fight. And it's like a bazillion, it's a zillion dollars worth of value. So the value is there. You're basically getting Christian McCaffrey in the 10th round when you buy the draft guide. That's all I got to say about it. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Use promo code BDGE. That'll wrap up the series. You enjoyed? Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Let me know some more of your late round, your favorite late round must own running backs for 2020 fantasy football. I've got nothing but love for you. 
I hope you enjoy your, actually, it's the rest of the week. But for me, I'm going to enjoy the weekend. As you can see, I am in weekend summer mode already. It's going to be a good day. So we're at the Pineapple Club in, uh, where are we, in Lower East Side? Yeah. Lower East Side. Marguerite is here, off the fucking chain. Give him, an, I think, an 8.3, which is one of the highest ratings on my Instagram story. Artisanal. Are you saying that right? Artisanal. I, feel, I, don't, art I might not. I feel like it's art I think I'm saying it in an artisanal way. Art. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. So we're about to down these oysters. First thing and probably the only thing we're going to eat today. Oh. It makes me feel like a fish. <laughs> like I'm in the ocean. It's incredible. Oh. Yeah, Owner is giving us a free sample of watermelon frozen mark. Cheers, dog. It's good, but I'm still not frozen. No. It wouldn't change my mind. I tried to tell him we don't love frozen margaritas. He's like, this is going to change your mind. It does taste good, though. Mm -hmm. I think there's a mezcal in here. I love this place. Lower East Side, Pineapple Club, Mark's Oyster, Mark's yeah. done. the avocado pit they microplant it into a powder and when you do that and oxidizes it actually turns this orange so color. just that giant ass seed the pit, in the middle of the, the avocado pit, yeah they take the seed and they microplant it into a powder and when it oxidizes it turns this orange color they then toast it mix it in with a couple other things and some sugar and cook it and they make this beautiful fucking drink and they cook it to find out what's going on how crazy is that though? cheers man cheers cheers Sure. Oy, oy. Yeah. Sure. It's about to leave the right. It's like a Hair's crazy, feeling crazy, but feeling good. There's a lot of tequila. Probably shouldn't be biking. So I love New York City. Because of these people. You never know what you're gonna get. Get hit by a car. There's NYU. I'm getting trailed by a fucking bus right now. Just never know what illegal things you're gonna do in a given day. Probably true. That building looks like it's doing the fucking stanky leg. It's going to be a great week for y'all, and I'll see you tomorrow.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.